You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your weekly podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles, Hale, and Jim. How's it going? Well, guys, it is good to be back in the studio recording this show. How are you guys feeling today? <laughs> Everybody feeling Woo! good? Good for good. down for good. a good episode. <laughs> I think we're going to have a good one today. We are going to be talking all about liminals, which is super cool. But first, before we get into that, do we have some news this week? Well, that is actually, a question with an answer. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, there's not too much news this week out of Onyx Path. Everybody's just getting back from Gen Con. Wish we could have been there. That would have been a lot of fun. Maybe next yeah. year we'll, uh, we'll be able to go to Gen Con. That would be yeah, a lot that'd of fun. be good. Where's Gen Con at again? Indianapolis? It, That's yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd love for us to be able to get up to Gen Con. Love for us to be able to get up to PAX Unplugged. Some of those cool tabletop type conventions like that would be a lot of fun. So I'm uh, jealous, envious, and happy for the Onyx Path crew that got to go up there and set up their little booth and whatnot. <laughs> and for all of you guys who might have been able to go up there and hang out with them, that looks like a whole lot of fun. And so we wish them well as they continue to recover from that. But So jelly. Yes, yeah, so jelly. But even though they might not have any news, we've got a little bit of news. Yeah, we do. So Wild Shape, our actual play podcast, is gearing up for episode two. And it's going to get its own podcast feed this week. Now, what does that mean? That means that right now, currently, Wild Shape runs on the same feed, the same RSS feed, as the Deliberative. And so when we put out a new episode of Wild Shape, it pops up in your Deliberative feed. Looks like a new episode from the Deliberative. Well, we want it to be able to have its own place to live on iTunes, on Podbean, on Stitcher, all those other kinds of places. And so we are going to be giving it a new home this week. We will still keep episodes of Wild Shape in the deliberative feed for a while so that everybody gets used to the new place to go. But I want you to go ahead and go over there and check it out. Take a listen to some of the new content we're going to be putting up. Episodes two, episode two is not quite ready yet, but we are going to put up some character introductions for the three characters that were a part of episode one. And then as we go forward, as new characters are added to the show, we will be putting up their character introductions prior to the episode that they join the cast. And so that's gonna be the way that we do it. So head on over, probably by the time that you hear this podcast, the Wild Shape stream should be up and ready to go. So pause nice. this. Head over there, subscribe to Wild Shape so that you get all of the new updates and everything. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a review. We know that you haven't heard enough yet to make up your mind, but leave a good, awesome review. Anyway, because that helps people find it. And I like uh, this idea, Corey, that um, we're going to have these character introductions because there's some things of that. You know, the listeners may want to know about a character that can't quite get 
worked into the game as it's being played or it might be right. some information that the character doesn't want the other characters to know about himself but mm. it would good be point. cool for the listener to know yeah that's absolutely right and that's a very good point that you make that you know a lot of times when we're doing the show you know riley might not want to tell jack some of his deepest deepest darkest secrets or whatnot but he will he'll put him on his character introduction so that you can get to know him a little bit more so that's yeah that's really good and also because our episodes are are actually so short you know we're trying not to do like a four hour uh actual play podcast here we're doing a little bit more like uh like a weekly one hour drama that's what we're sort of aiming for and everything being told in short segments you know like two episodes for one little story then two episodes for another little story so we're aiming to do it like that and and that means that we don't have as much time as maybe you know other folks would to just build these large backstories for folks so this is one way we're trying to work that out is by leaving these character introductions so i think you're going to enjoy them we've been putting some work into them some cool sound effects and other kinds of things so uh, if you if you're used to what Critical Role has done for their character introductions, we're trying to do something similar to that. So go on over and check that out. Remember to rate and review while you're there to help us uh, move up in the in the ratings and whatnot. And if you haven't left a review for the Deliberative yet, head back to the Deliberative stream and uh, make that happen too to help us out. And we thank you so much for that. So look forward to Wild Shape Episode Two coming real soon. Also, Corey, I wanted to remind everyone that. The Deliberative now has our own Patreon campaign. Yes, we do. Uh, thank you to some of those subscribers, Brandon H., Glinda S., Lars Henrik, Maudova, and Eric R., just to name a few. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yes, we're super, super proud of our patrons. We're th- we thank you so much for your support. And we want to let everybody know that this last week we have added now the first episode of what... I'm calling the role of glorious home games. <laughs> Corey edition. So uh, if you've heard me in the past on the deliberative talk about playing exalted with my two oldest girls and how silly they are and how sociopathic yeah. uh, you will be silly, to, completely yeah. lacking of empathy. <laughs> it's the same thing. That's right. You'll be able to hear that over on the role of glorious home games and we're going to be getting more and more of those up there pretty soon all three of us have things that we can contribute and so we'll be adding to that over time so if you want to hear us play uh you know each person's got their own different style and whatnot so i think it'll be cool to just sort of add to that over time and within the next couple of days i'm going to put up the front and back images for the first t-shirt that we're going to have available for those at the silver packed tier uh, those folks receive all the Rolls of Glorious home games from the Immaculate Order tier, but then also they get what we call the second skin. Or <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, a t-shirt, because it's the lunar level, right? And so you get to change your skin. And so uh, the new t-shirt, we'll, we'll put that up there. That is, that's going to come out twice a year. So if you're at that tier, the way it works is, you know, once you've been at the tier for <laughs> half a year, you'll get the t-shirt and then you'll get another one in the next half of the year. So anyhow that'll be going up take a look at that you'll check it out our new t-shirt is awesome Corey. i'm looking forward to the t- the point where we hit the goal that we can do a wild shape weekly yes that's right that is that is that is exciting a, yes it's exciting and it's also a really big goal and and you look at that and you go oh my goodness they set the goal this high well we <laughs> we we had it a little lower to start with and then we thought 
guys what what happens if we hit this like real quick uh we're gonna be be in some serious trouble so because what we really need to be able to do is we need to be able to hire an editor uh if we're going to take wild shape to the weekly level so if we're doing weekly deliberative and weekly wild shape we're going to need to actually hire somebody to take some of the some of the work off of us because this is like a full-time job already as is and when we added wild shape episode one to the mix it just about killed me so so that's why (laughs) that's why the goal is is as high as it is but yes if you help us help us reach that goal if you haven't considered giving to our patreon just come on over and and give a couple bucks or whatever you want to give every little bit helps and we will be able to hit some of these goals and do amazing things after we hit that goal uh the wild shape every week goal we'll come up with something else incredible that we could put up there that will just i I have no it's gonna blow my mind i know that so i'm sure it'll blow everybody's minds whatever we come you know i just saw the part where you when you were talking about getting access to home games you said enjoy charles's adult group encounter whatever new adversaries released on the web this week (laughs) you know what (laughs) (laughs) you suck dude (laughs) (laughs) go take a look at that give if you want to uh, even if you don't, our show is always free to you, and we're glad to have you as a listener. But we would love to have you partner with us to bring – I think we, we put it something like bring the glories of this game to the rest of creation. That's what we want to be. We oh, want to yeah. be – we want to get the word out, and we want people to be playing Exalted. That's for sure. So, all right. Well, this week, let's get into our feature discussion. And I've been looking forward to this one because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to be discussing – liminals now liminals are a brand new exalt type for exalted third edition uh quite exciting quite surprising when they joined the roster there during the kickstarter of third edition we got a preview document about liminals kind of took everybody by surprise it was like what is this right so this is this is new this is this is all third edition very cool stuff and we know just a little bit about them so let's kind of let's let's all kind of chip in here and talk a little bit about what we know about liminals so far okay i'll get us started and then you guys just kind of pick up the lead where i drop it and, and and we'll go from there so i will say this Liminals are kind of like Frankenstein's monsters. They are patchwork people that are like either they're built from corpses or maybe even a single corpse. They're very much like Prometheans in the, the Chronicles of Darkness or the New World of Darkness, whatever you want to call it. They... They have uh, very similar features to those Prometheans in terms of like an aura of disquiet or whatnot that surrounds them that makes like normal human beings kind of uncomfortable to be around them. But they've been brought to life uh, by some force. I mean, definitely by the person who is who's putting all this energy into them, building the corpse, stitching it together pouring in the lightning bolt or whatever, you know, like, like in the Frankenstein uh, book or movie or whatnot, uh, something that that's going in there. But then there's also this other force, the dark mother, the dark mother. (laughs) What do we know about the dark mother so far, Jim? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) What we're told, I think so far is that it is something from the underworld. I do believe that it actually says 
that that this this source of this right. dark mother is, right. is somewhere in the underworld. So yeah, but very but interesting because we don't know anything things, about this dark mother from previous editions or anything. They also have a, a tie with their a little bit of a tie to their creator, as in they have to always have some anchor in in the living. Right. Yes. Like if their creator dies, they have to find some new source of an anchor to keep them in the land of the living. Oh, yeah, that's very cool, and that's a that's a huge story hook too. Oh yeah, definitely. These guys. I mean, if you're playing one, or if you're if you're playing another character that has maybe a, a tie to them or whatever, uh, you know, like maybe maybe they have a, a liminal as a as an ally or whatnot. You know, you could really really work a lot with those with that tie that they have to the living. So, you know, one thing that I think is cool about them is that it seems like one of their main purposes is to hunt down uh, the unquiet dead. So they're basically exalted ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? (laughs) (laughs) Don't cross the streams of essence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what just, that's just cool too, is like a, a stated purpose that can be sort of the, the core of your story about some of these guys is to hunt down to, to build on that. What Charles said, uh, the, the preview that we got says that, uh, liminal's work is warrior exorcist, ghost hunters and destroyers of necromantic abominations which is really cool. interesting because awesome. some people would call them a necromantic abomination <laughs> yeah that's right. right that's right so that's a really cool juxtaposition then you know that these things just hate the weird undead stuff but they are kind of weird undead stuff so yeah i think it's kind of like fighting fire with fire in that sense right it's like if if you want to take down a ghost, then you have to understand them. And who better to understand the weird undead stuff than a weird undead so dude? So are they like Blade? <gasps> mm. Ooh. <laughs> the, the vampire that hates vampires? <laughs> but you know what? That and What makes me... Something that kind of piques my interest there, makes me kind of wonder a little bit, is wh- what do normal dead ghosts and whatnot, like this, these unquiet dead... Or necromantic monstrosities, or whatever. What, what is their beef, or what is the dark mother's beef with them? Right, because clearly the dark mother is is who gives like the spark to get these guys going, and then you would assume, I mean, one would assume that the dark mother is giving them this sort of mission to hunt down the dead, because otherwise, why would they do it? It seems it's, like they're going after the dead that's leaking over into creation. Yeah. Like like maybe maybe she draws their power her power from from how many dead souls are in the underworld? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I but that's a little different than the way like the the Death Lords and the Neverborn operate with the abyssals and whatnot. They kinda want to spread Shadowlands. They want to get ghosts out there. So so maybe this and I, and again I guess we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but maybe this being, this dark mother, is wanting to contain what those other beings are trying to loose. Ooh, yeah. Like, well, in creation, you have these different living forces that are opposed to each other, so it would make sense that the reflection of creation, which is the underworld, uh, would have opposing forces within itself as well. That's true. 
That's true. Well, hey, to get us back more towards the description of them in general. Yes, save um, us from ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> take my hand, child. Um, no. Um, so one of the, one of the cool things about their casts, so to speak, is uh, well, they're called aspects and not casts. Very much like dragon butts. Yes, exactly. And their aspect is kind of determined by how they are created. Mm. So you have, um, you know, if they're created out of passion, despair, vengeance, curiosity, or sorrow, these all kind of determine which aspect they are. And then that also kind of governs their charms. Right. And like, for, for instance, the one that I thought was one of the coolest ones was the aspect of breath, which is despair. Mm-hmm. And that says that they are alive with the power to possess, motivate, and animate. Right. Now, I don't know if that means you can, like, create your own kind of undead or ghost army. Uh, it, it sounds sort but, of like that. <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what it, what it sort of reminded me of, you know, reading that, that, you know, because as it described those things, it sounded like that's where their charms are going to focus, right? So the power to possess, motivate, and animate. Now, I would imagine, you know, maybe this liminal is like sitting there building some sort of like clockwork automaton, right? And then can somehow breathe life into this thing and make it like a living servant creature right so you imagine somebody just just building like a little dragonfly you know and then like tapping its wings and getting it going and just kind of like breathing on it and then letting it fly away and and now it's it's not just it's not just like a robot dragonfly it's actually a living soul or something inside that dragonfly animating it and whatnot i think there could be some extremely cool stuff with so what do you guys think about these aspects to me, I mean, like the passion, the um, the vengeance, is that the motivation of the person that's putting them together? Like yes. someone who I is like, so, yeah. this is my, my fallen wife and I want to put her back together. So that to me seems like it would be a, a passion type or right, sorrow aspect. maybe. Yeah, and, and so I think it's I think it's actually twofold. I think that not only But what is about a vengeance? The, like your 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 longtime mortal enemy is slain and to punish him even more you bring back his corpse to or like are you bringing serve someone it. back to exact vengeance? Yeah, that's what I would think. It's someone. like with the yeah, flesh the, one, you're like, I'm gonna build a monstrosity to go kill my enemies. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Be- yeah. Because the flesh aspect, if you look at what the powers oh. and whatnot that it provides, <laughs> it says that their power is over metamorphosis, like body metamorphosis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that could be actually extremely cool. I mean, you think of like uh, the Hulk. You know, just like hulking out, like getting, you know, going into this like, you know, like massive new hybrid or not hybrid, but like a a more muscled up form or even somebody like, I don't know what they've got in mind. Well, what if you created a monstrosity like Goro from Mortal Kombat with, uh, you know, two sets of arms? 
Right. But it, and, and I would say that, yes, that that would definitely probably fit in there, but at the same time, definitely probably, <laughs> but I would say that, but 80% it, of the time it works. I'm every definitely time. sure that I'm unsure what they're going to put in this book. Yeah, that's right. But, but it actually speaks about metamorphosis, which is change, right? So I would think that, yes, you could add, you know, four extra arms, make them this big six arm thing. But also the charms probably are going to do some of that like kind of live, right? Ooh, yeah. So imagine yeah. like one of these flesh aspect liminals standing in a pile of bodies that he's just killed by hulking oh. out. And then he's just like, like sucking up the muscles and crap from the dead bodies, like up onto his, onto his frame. And they're like forming new arms, like right there in the moment. It's like body horror. Yeah. It's, body it's horror. like yeah. if Neil Blomkamp, the guy who wrote and directed District 9 and Elysium played Exalted, he would play a flesh aspect liminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which just sounds really creepy and gross. Or, or but maybe cool Rocket, at the same time. Rocket the Raccoon might also. I'm going to get that arm. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are some of the other aspects? What else do we got? We, we've got breath. We've got flesh. Another one is blood. Now, blood comes from passion. This would be, like we said before, maybe, maybe like the actual Frankenstein story. Uh, trying right. to bring his wife back to life or something like that. And blood. Well, I would think maybe Frankenstein would fall under the marrow, which is curiosity a little bit. Like, can, yeah, I, was can, I, bring, about, can yeah. I bring life to yeah, something that's Yeah, for that monster. Dead? But I was thinking more of like the, you know, what is it the second half of Mary Shelley's book where he actually tries to bring his wife uh, yeah, I, I believe so. Life. Yeah, that right. definitely that definitely would fall. Yeah, in so there. like their powers, the blood powers, it says they are wellsprings of passion and vessels for forces that bind. So, you know, maybe we have in that some social stuff, you know, with the passion, maybe like inspiring passion and whatnot, uh, inspiring lust in people you know maybe maybe some of that some some of this kind of control over another person's feelings and passions but then also this th that second part was a little cryptic vessels for forces that bind now is that like what the eclipse cast does when it binds you know these hmm. these oaths and whatnot i don't know maybe it's more binding of spirits oh right like yes. actually being able to control spirits that's a good point. That would be yeah. very cool. That's good. What about one of these others? We got how many left? Two more? Marrow uh, so and soil. Soil. Yeah. Yeah. Soil is uh, sorrow. So where do you think would someone... I, yeah, I guess this could fall under fall in love one or something where yeah, like, it wouldn't like be passion. Like Exhuming maybe. a child. Yeah. Maybe. I was thinking the same thing. You crazy. Right. Well, a soil aspect are creatures of revelation and omens masters of the cycle of decay and rebirth hmm. so what do you think about that that which is dead may never die <laughs> <laughs> revelation and omens very cool uh you know definitely you know some of that fortune teller you know looking into the future some, some very occult kind of stuff i think that is a really neat aspect 
I don't know very much what they mean by this masters of the cycle of decay and rebirth. Do you think that they would have some kind of a insight on some reincarnation of some other exalted or Mm. possibly maybe they can bring people back from the dead? Well, we, we, we are told both in the actual core and in the liminals preview, everything else says you can't bring people back. And even when liminals come back, they're not the person that died. Right. right. It's right. like a new thing. I would, you know what? I kind of think this might be, I what think about this master com- of the cycle of decay and rebirth might be something more like in the survival type tree. Right. Oh, okay. Where like involving things like the living world plants, animals mm. and whatnot. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I was yeah. thinking possibly communicating with the dead or something. Uh, could be. Yeah. And then Charles, you want to do the last one? Uh, marrow, which is, curiosity and it says you can see easily into the secret nature of things whatever that means <laughs> i actually don't really know what to make of that one that sounds a lot like the occult tree in the uh in the solar section the solar charms you know being able to see ghosts interact with ghosts and do all of these sorts of various i would say these are probably going to be the sorcerers of the bunch hmm. that would be my guess Although there seems to be some spillover between marrow and soil because you have got, you know, creatures of revelation and omens and soil. And then you've got secret nature of things in marrow. Both of those kind of tend toward the sorcerer a little bit. Well, from the, um, the preview, it says aspects of marrow are born of creators driven by curiosity, obsession and hunger for knowledge. Marrow represents secrets buried deep within the flesh, the power of the dark and hidden places, and strong sheath of bone around the innermost workings of the heart. Marrow aspects are reserved and analytical individuals. Yeah, so so it's got to be occult and lore. Occult lore investigation would be another one. A liminal sorcerer? Man. What could you do with that? You could do a My lot. My question is, so they, they're calling their very, instead of calling them casts, they're calling them aspects like dragon blood. Right. So a good question I think would be, what is the power level of these guys? Are they going to be terrestrial power level? And, and if so, do they only have access to terrestrial circle sorcery? Very interesting stuff. We've, I, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of really cool. Wait, hang different. on. I want to answer that. I'm sorry. Okay. So I think that, since um and this might be jumping ahead a little bit but since if you're playing a liminal character it's not really going to be as global scale as if you were playing a solar or maybe even a lunar it's going to be much more um uh you know small scale like if you're playing a dragon blood or something like that so so i think that their power level is going to be around where dragon blood is because i think they're very much designed to tell very personal probably shorter stories right well what's cool about the liminal exalted um another thing i gleaned from the preview is while liminals are as mighty as other chosen their stories are inward focused emphasizing the world's impact on the character rather than the other way around. So rather than the character impacting the world, it's how the world impacts them. See, that's why I think they're probably going to be lower power level. Well, I, I might be able to answer this question very easily. And that is because you can look at their excellencies. 
their excellencies are delineated in the core book in the antagonist chapter and these guys add dice equal to their attribute like a lunar does but Ooh. unlike the lunar they cannot stunt to add a second attribute to it so they are they are limited to only a single you know one to five dice yep, pool there it is and that would be a terrestrial power level right Ooh. yeah because solars can easily add two one to five dice pools together when they're adding moats and then the the lunars which are like a step down have to stunt in order to add a second dice pool and that's kind of situational and then the dragon bloods they just get the the one for ability so this is like one for attribute but that does mean though what that does mean is that you can add you can add dots to your strength when you're like hitting somebody you can boost up that strength the way that a lunar can you can boost up that stamina for soak the way a lunar can and a dragon blood can't do that so th this is like a it is a separate type of power but it's a, it's limited to the same sort of number of dice as what the dragon bloods have so i think it's actually an extremely awesome addition to the system it oh, really yeah. seems to fill a hole which is pretty cool but we also have an interesting statement about their charms after after talking about how they can. Oh, this is so gross. Yeah, after, they, <laughs> after it talks about how they can gain grace from a dancer's legs or skill from a swordsman's arm or guile from a sly man's tongue, which just first of all, Ugh. that's awesome. It's like <laughs> like hey, I want to I want to go in there and just like be able to convince these people to do what I want. It's like go take that man's tongue over there. I've heard him speak before. He's <laughs> 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 I mean, just being able to, to chop the arm off of something and graft it on to, you, to yourself oh, yes. in order to have that power, that is really cool. We don't know how that's going to work with charms and whatnot. That does bring up an interesting question. Are are they going to look like patchwork? Like yes. With big... With big um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stitches, or is yeah. are some of them going to be able to bring them Just, in and hide it a little bit? Oh, well, there's got to be charms to be able. To yeah, I would think that, that would have sure. to be there. Well, you can always cover things with clothing. It, it all depends on on how the charms and this ability to just kind of steal somebody's strengths from taking their body part or whatever it, it's like, like how tongue. those yeah how those two <laughs> things integrate. So like, is it a charm? to go exhume the body of the world's greatest swordsman and, you know, rip his right arm off and sew it onto yourself. Is that a charm? Or is, or is it or like is a that universal just, charm? Yeah. Just some sort of like natural thing that they can do like shape shifting with a lunar. Right. Ooh, but we yeah. do know we have examples of charms in the core book in the antagonist chapter where somebody has this like massive explosion of strength and then afterwards the muscles atrophy and just like fall off his body and then he has to like Ugh. stick his arms into another corpse or whatever and just like suck the muscle right off of them it's <laughs> so gross it's awesome. gross but it's awesome and so in that case the charm is actually just like absorbing muscle mass right which is more more like what you were talking about like not having it look like it was sewn on but actually just kind of you know absorbing it into your body so i think a charm would definitely allow that but i want to know about just the basic ability to take these things you know like like the lunars they, they have the sacred hunt they can go hunt down somebody drink their heart's blood and now i know how to turn into that thing or person right but when it comes to liminals maybe that's just all it is it's just like a it's a it's like a part of the chapter on what they can do and it's like yep you can go 
you know, if, if there was a person who had a four dexterity or whatever, you go take his arm. Now you've got that four dexterity. One thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about liminals and their ability to take other people's arms and legs and extremities and stuff like that was the part in the core where it talks about taking a crippling uh, effect where you like lose right. an arm and, and yeah. to to mitigate some of your damage yeah. uh, uh, tracker counter. Yeah. So that would be kind of where I would actually use a lot of that. Like, okay, I can oh, get rid man. of that right arm because <laughs> yeah. I know I can get another one later. <laughs> yeah. So that, if, if that holds true for liminals, then they must be like super hard to put down. Oh well, yeah. It says yeah. that there's only two ways to kill them: Destroy the brain or drown them. Like, like, uh, that's it. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cause they're always going to come back. It, you know, they're always able to, to come back together or whatnot. Oh, that is so scary. Yeah. You see like scary, this head, like crawling its way toward a corpse, using its teeth to like drag <laughs> itself across the ground. <laughs> Nasty. Nasty. Yeah. Oh man. How, how cool is that though? Uh, that is really neat. And yeah, I mean, you think about, uh, gosh, was the black knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Was he a liminal? Just, <laughs> <laughs> your arm's off no is it it's just a flesh wound, just a flesh wound. You see he knew he could just attach that thing right back on there i'll give so, you that if the uh killer white rabbit was a lunar oh definitely <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> oh and tim the sorcerer he was a dragon blood i think see as we talk about this stuff i keep thinking about the end scene in the terminator where Sarah Connor is like crawling through the factory because her leg is wounded. But this thing, which just keeps having pieces of its body destroyed, just keeps slowly but inexorably advancing on her. Right. That's what this reminds me of. And it really <laughs> skeeves me out. It is. It's real pretty hard. Freaky. <laughs> it's pretty freaky. But yeah. Oh, but I was going to say, so I, I was saying, not only do we have this statement about how they can gain grace from dancer's legs, skill from swords and arm or guile from a sly man's tongue. But it also says right after that with appropriate charms, even more impressive and macabre feats of body theft may be possible. Oh man. <laughs> now, that sounds pretty exciting. I don't know about you. That sounds like the thing. Yeah. Like pressing your body onto someone and then just melting them into you <laughs> to maybe like double your hit points or something. Oh yeah. Just <laughs> Oh. Oh. Or, or imagine this think about this you're standing in the middle of like a, a field of dead bodies that you helped create and you just like you flex right you flex and all of the arms and, and, and like come flying off of all of the corpses nope. and they they stick nope. all over your body like you're some kind of sea mine with all like the fists facing outward you know and this like koosh ball kind of looking thing and then you're just oh, like then you're just like boom and explode and all the arms and fists go flying out like death blossom you know what i don't even care if that's not a liminal charm i'm gonna make that a sorceress working like right now <laughs> i got a creepy one for you what if you okay. found someone on the edge of creation like a a race of people that were winged like they had wings yeah yeah there are and ours. and a uh liminal who enjoyed flying like captured Ooh. a bunch of these and kept them in like his lair and f- like basically forced them to like keep reproducing so that he could like tear their wings off and put them on himself oh 
<laughs> Imagine like a little bone saw oh, tearing yeah. into that wing. <laughs> Hold still. This won't hurt. Nasty. This is good stuff. Fifty Shades of Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about these a little bit. So we, we've already been we've already been kind of delving in, picking apart, using our dentistry tools to like really oh, probe. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. Speaking of body horror, yeah. But uh, <laughs> this is the Drawbreaker Champion Chewer. I'm taking his oh, teeth. Gosh. <laughs> but uh, but let's dig a little deeper into these guys. Let's let's probe a little further down into their rotten flesh. Now, first of all, uh. let's start out with this question. We have to start out with this question. If you were to make a liminal character, which aspect would you most oh. want to be? I don't know, man. It, like knowing as little as we do about the aspects, I kind of lean towards breath. Yeah. But flesh is kind of calling out to me. <laughs> I had the exact same feelings. <laughs> And so, I, you know, whichever one you choose, I'll take the other one. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go with flesh. I feel like I tend to play characters that are kind of similar to the breath aspect anyways. Okay. Normally. Yeah, well, I'll take breath then because that sounds, to me, that sounds super cool because I love to create things. And so I could just imagine this little tinker guy building stuff out of body parts and whatnot. You know, he's, he's like sitting in the middle of a battlefield, like picking eyes out of like corpses and whatnot. <laughs> How many fields of bodies do you think <laughs> exist in creation? Well, wait till you see. Every town has a body field. <laughs> wait till you see the carnage this guy leaves in his wake. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. what about grief. you jim which one would you want to be well i am interested in the um i'm interested in the the breath yeah the uh power to possess motivate and animate yeah that sounds kind of cool as a as a liminal yeah, and, and I think that maybe the reason why we, we all kind of gravitate towards the breath and the flesh is because the powers that we are kind of told about with those two are the easiest to imagine. Yeah, I was right. going to say there is something neat about soil, but uh, like I just don't like what does that even mean? Yeah, we just don't have a good like picture in our minds of what they might be able to do. But as soon as we see some of these things, we might be like, oh, crap. No, man. No, I'm going soil or I'm going blood. Yeah. Or, whatever but yeah just for out of the gate though breath and flesh do seem to be the most interesting so i would say it's a challenge for the devs to make sure the other three are just as mind-blowingly cool and you horrific. know that reminds me of when we were looking through the lunars play test and um you know everything was organized by attribute alphabetically so it started with appearance and i thought oh well these will be like Meh, you know, right. but those ended up being like some of my favorite ones. Right. I've, I've, I, I bet, I bet that when this book comes out, soil's probably going to be the one I look at and go, why did I ever doubt myself? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to blow our minds with all this, with all the coolness. So looking forward yeah, it'll to blow it. our minds and then someone else will pick it up and absorb it into their body uh, <laughs> i have a i have a breastplate made of brains <laughs> 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 that's horrific yeah 
So, okay, let's let's get a little hard on liminals here for a second. We we've we've definitely what? talked about how awesome they are. But let me just ask this question because I think it kind of needs to be asked and I might have tipped my hand already in some of the things I said, but do you believe do you feel that liminals feel like they belong in the setting? Yes. All right, explain yourself. Um <clears throat> Okay, well, you really put me on the spot here. I thought I'd get away with a one-word answer. Um, Boom. Well, because we kind of... So, if I understand it correctly, lunars serve the purpose of patrolling the borders of creation to prevent the fair folk from coming in and killing life, right? Right, we, we could say that. Okay. I feel like liminals are the ones, whereas lunars are looking out towards the edges that the liminals are the ones that are looking below towards the underworld. I know it might not yeah. physically be below or whatever, but you get what I'm, you get what I'm saying. So right. you've got a group of, you know, the solars and dragon bloods rule the inside. The lunars are looking outwards to keep things out. And the liminals are looking down to keep the bad stuff from seeping up through the floor. All right. And, you know, it's, it's even, there is, like we mentioned, there's a little bit of a tie between liminals and, and lunars in that they both start with L and end with S. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> also, both of them, their, their excellencies work off of their attributes, which is a much bigger uh, similarity. And, and yeah, you know, I never actually considered it from that angle before, but that makes a whole lot of sense that they are creation's protectors against the undead. And yeah. that's actually it's actually pretty dang cool. It's good. Also, I feel like just thematically, they're gonna make really good antagonists. Like oh, yeah. but but sympathetic ones, just like Frankenstein's monster, where it's right. like, Oh man, this thing is like killing people and it's, you know, stealing you know, it's grave robbing and it took my grandpa's tongue and right. now he, he wasn't can use my it. grandpa's voice or something <laughs> like that. Right. And so you initially think this thing has to be put down, but then that allows you to tell this, you know, story of real, um, you know, like bittersweet tragedy almost yeah. where you're like, uh, I mean, I kind of still feel like we should put it down, but I totally understand why it's doing what it's doing. Yeah. Grandpa and used to tell really good stories. Oh, I'm really? Huge Where's fan. your grandpa buried? Because, uh. <laughs> I want to tell good stories. I am a huge fan of giving players something where the answer seems obvious, but then right. when it comes time where they learn about it, they're like, oh, wow, there isn't really a right answer. Like, yeah. this thing is definitely robbing graves, which upsets people, but it's also doing that to protect us. Like, what's the right call here I, right. i'm a real big fan of that well no one says it right. has to be a grave robber i mean no yeah, i know i'm just true. using People that one example yeah without being yeah. put in the ground <laughs> yeah yeah apparently in Corey's creation they just die and, and float lay down on the top river. of the you soil don't even have yeah. to, uh, you don't even have to dig <laughs> it's like, everywhere you see a body floating down the river hey i want its leg yeah, you know? well, there, its cupcakes. leg is going by right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, man, I think dude. in a world with exalted existing with all their powers with soul sorcery existing in the world, I would think that someone, I mean, as players or readers of the manual, we know that 
reincarnation, not reincarnation, but return from death is impossible according to the rules. But right. the people who exist in the world are going to push that limit. And I think there would be someone, if you're a, mo- a powerful sorcerer, you would think, where is the point where I can no longer achieve what I want to do? And you're going right. to push it to the limit. And yeah. yeah, especially if someone was definitely tied to you, like you had a strong intimacy with someone and they died early, right? you may try to bring them back to life. And then yeah. this dark mother comes and puts something in its place. But what's even weirder is the liminal actually has the memories yeah. of the person that died. It's not the same person, but it's got the memories. Yeah, yeah so could that liminal manipulate its creator based on it how it looks and the memories that it possesses? Could it manipulate its own creator thinking that it is its loved one brought back to life? So that could, hmm. that could be some interesting that, that's stuff. That's definitely on the table, I think. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, so you guys are both making some really good points for for why liminals do feel like they belong in the setting charles i thought yours was amazing jim also yes with the sorcery and everything you would think that it would that that somebody would try this but now let me let me let me take the opposite tack for just a little bit okay i'm gonna play devil's advocate or uh i'm gonna i'm gonna play yosie's advocate here (laughs) (laughs) you know when i say do they feel like they belong in the setting you guys gave some great some great responses but what about from this angle okay originally exaltations came from these celestial deities the unconquered sun luna the five maidens and then the elemental dragons you know they give this kind of inherited exaltation of the dragon blood thing but we didn't really have all of this other stuff before and it seems like third edition is just multiplying exalt types over and over and over again right it's like they keep adding them in different places and maybe that feels a little bit superfluous maybe it feels a little too much that brings along like a little bit of a weirdness then because it's like okay the sun created these exaltations to fight the primordials the the maidens did the same luna did the same that was their purpose they were giving mortals this power because the mortals weren't bound by the the primordial i think power. charles or, came up with a good point why they exist um to right. to guard creation from the underworld yeah but so so then it really comes down to then how does the dark mother do what the celestial exalted did with the help of autochthon maybe that's not the case in third edition maybe it wasn't autochthon's idea you know maybe it wasn't his artifice that you know came up with the ability to create these these exaltations but how is the dark mother doing what they did because we know even with exigence they have to kind of petition the unconquered sun for a little bit of that spark you know they can't just do it on their own willy-nilly so but at the same time, we've got this weird combination. It's not just the Dark Mother doing something. It's the Dark Mother doing something in concert with this, you know, this being she's, in creation. She's got to be, pardon me for using the term, primordial. Because the ah. primordials <laughs> created the gods. The, like the Unconquered Sun and Luna are created beings. They are created from right. the enemies of the gods. Yeah. 
So but what she about has to be one of them. What about this, though? Could she possibly be a very powerful goddess that somehow ended up in the underworld somehow? Maybe maybe in the same way that the the Neverborn ended up in the in the underworld, even though they were these, you know, massive titanic incomprehensible beings that you know they didn't have a birth but now suddenly they have a death therefore they're called never born um you know could could she have perished in that same war but but have been like maybe another celestial goddess like maybe there was an you know like they talk about nibiru and all these conspiracy theories and whatnot you know this dark planet this dark celestial object or whatever what if she was the goddess of that whatever that was Ooh, that's interesting maybe she perished in the war she was right. killed by the primordials but so she still has her power she still has she still has real power but she's like now trapped on the other side of this underworld real world divide or whatever i don't know it's a good question hopefully it's a question we're going to get somewhat of an answer to when we finally get the liminals book i think we almost have to surely they'll tell us I I just I just came up with the Nibiru idea though just like on the spot right now <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> I like that I actually really like that that's like a that would be a pretty cool deal right so hmm yeah because we know that like the the Death Lords in the underworld they're sort of like these ancient super powerful solars that died but their spirits still carry all of this. Um, still carry all of all of this power in the underworld and they're right. able to to wield that power to bring about change and whatnot in the in the real world you know they're able to actually have an effect so if a solar can die and still have that kind of power then maybe a god can too like a celestial a celestial goddess or whatever so we've been talking about we've been talking about yeah, liminals sure. for a little while now what do we have any idea when they are scheduled to be Eric so lunars, exigents, and then maybe liminals? No, 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 no. You wouldn't go exigents, liminals, back to back. Two new things back to back. When yeah, everybody probably abyssals. Everybody that. needs abyssals big time. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. we're going to need some of this underworld stuff. So <laughs> right. And Eric Minton, Eric Minton actually said, you know, they they don't just look at what people love to play or whatever. They look at what people need for NPCs, and they look at what kind of setting information you can include in that splat book that mm. people need to have for their games. And so an underworld underworld information is super important in fact i think underworld information because of the presence of shadowlands and all of this other kind of stuff throughout creation is such a big deal that we're gonna have to have abyssals before we have sidereals yeah because the underworld is more important than you shan to like 90 percent of games out there right oh yeah uh well yeah okay <laughs> well i, mean, I guess think you about do travel in shadowlands more than you go have. to heaven right yeah because like i said they're everywhere you know, they're literally right next door. You might have a Shadowland, whereas very right. few people are going to find the gateway to heaven or whatever. Exactly. All right. So, if lim- let's 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 get into some of the what what would you do with them kinds of questions. So, if liminals were available right now, what would your first story they, idea? They are be? available right now. Well, yeah, in the antagonist chapter. <laughs> but I'm saying, if we had the book, and if you were thinking about putting together a game that had liminals, what would your first story idea be? Here's here's what I would think about. I've been thinking about a lot about that Walkour that was one of the new uh, oh, Hunter yeah. Devils Night Parade. Yeah. yeah, that was released a couple weeks ago. And I think it would be really fun to have like maybe one liminal 
like a single liminal join forces with either like a solar party or a dragon blooded party and like have this adventure where they join forces in order to stop like a string of attacks on a small town of like, you know, the dead or whatever right. are rising and attacking this town. And the liminal knows that these like angry ghosts are behind it. But the group discovers that a Walkur has been carrying away the ghosts' loved ones, right? So the, these that have that have been like attacking this town, they're maybe they're upset because this Walkur has been coming in and taking some of the ghosts out of the graveyard or whatnot that you know are the loved ones of these others and so they're just kind of getting mad with rage and attacking the nearest thing right and so you've got to like kind of fend off the dead and you've got to track this walkur down back to his lair and put an end to him and free some of the ghosts to like kind of produce a more you know permanent solution to the problem but i think something like that would be a really cool idea well in the uh the liminal preview it says that since that they were more inward focus they would probably be a perfect addition to a mixed circle like mixed yeah. circles mm-hmm. like you wouldn't have a whole party of liminals but it would be a cool addition to a group of solars or a group of solars and a group of lunars that are kind of like mixed together right it would it would make a cool thing and unless you're just going to have like a full-time ghost busting chronicle which I mean, let's could, not discount you, that. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I got a question. I got a question for you since uh, both, both of you guys run games. All right. What would you do if one of your players wanted to create a liminal, like as their character? Not, not as their character, but their solar or lunar or dragon-blooded character wanted to create a liminal Mm. like and put them in as an ally so like your character in your dragon blood like you know let's call him uh medulla is (laughs) an air aspect of dragon blood playing in your game and medulla wants to wants to create an actual patchwork being to be his friend because he's curious and he's going to okay. call him Oblongata. <laughs> and he has really long arms. You really want this to make it into the podcast? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think it would be super cool. I mean, because especially once we have all of the, the book and with everything with the charms and whatnot, to say that this is something that, you know, one of the characters wants to do in order to, you know, justify like a three-dot ally or something or a two-dot that, ally. That'd be kind of funny if uh, in that game that you ran with your daughters seeing the body parts, assemble them back together and ask them what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, think, I think it'd be a super cool thing. I think we're going to see a lot of that, actually. You know, when this thing starts to go live, I think we're going to see a lot of parties do this you know somebody especially with all the crafting and everything that goes on now you know how right. people are just I think building it would their be own neat for them to create one and then see what happens as it kind of is tr- you know like struggling to find its own place that maybe doesn't align with its uh solar creator right and that yeah. could be a good like a real good source of conflict but like but man i created you to be my friend but we know that the creator is going to have a tie to the creation right and so they share dreams sometimes and whatnot so maybe maybe he creates this or she he or she creates this this liminal 
And then the liminal runs off into the world, you know, like, I don't know what my life is about and just like tears off. But then (laughs) later, like in this like moment of need, right? The liminal has this like preternatural feeling. Uh, But anyway, so he's like, well, I feel I feel that they're in pain. And so in the middle of this big fight, the liminal comes back. Right. And just like shows up to help them defeat their enemies and then hangs around for a little bit, disappears again, comes back later. I mean, kind of like other allies do. That's the way I did with my uh, lunar mate in our Solar's game. You know, she showed up every now and then to help out and then she'd kind of disappear for a while. Well, the thing is, is that Liminal is a little bit motivated to protect that anchor in creation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, the Hulk and uh, Bruce Banner. You know, the Hulk hates Banner, but has to ensure that he survives. Right. Right. I don't know. See, I just keep thinking, what would happen if you created something? that at first was like oh you're my you're my creator and you know everything's hunky-dory but then the more the longer that the liminal exists and the more that it learns the more it starts to diverge away from that right yeah oh yeah really fun story to make for some real good stories well i got another another thing i want to throw at you guys and see what you think about that so the question is, is do you see any difficulty like putting together a group of liminals and what would you do to overcome that? Well, I think that, and, and I think, you know, they, they talked about Promethean second edition on the Onyx <laughs> Pathcast not too long ago. Right. And one of the things that they were addressing on there was the fact that in first edition, they kind of had this problem where it's like, why, why would a group of these ever get together? And so they kind of tried to address that. And one of the things that I, I heard them say and I don't don't hold me to all of this because I'm you know reinterpreting as I'm remembering back to it several weeks ago. But one of the things I heard them say is you know these these Prometheans they cause disquiet amongst normal human beings, and it causes them to be like pariahs and be pushed out of society and whatnot. And they have to keep leaving and moving from place to place because they bring this kind of ruin and and bad feelings with them wherever they go. But they're so lonely and they want human contact. And so what better way to get some of that human contact than to just join with other people who are like yourself? Yeah. That you don't cause those sorts of feelings in their minds, right? So I think it would actually be pretty natural to build a party of liminals because you're all in this together. I mean, you're the last people that are going to be like, getting down on the others you know like oh how horrible yeah i see stitches around your mm. your <laughs> rotator cuff that's disgusting you know like you're gross medulla <laughs> you're grosser oblongata <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean they're just not going to do that because they're all in the same boat right and so i think that it's it's very natural for them to join together and then of course with they have a they have a shared mo you know they want to hunt down these dead things or whatever and so you know ghostbusters chronicle here we come let me tell you uh, an idea that I had about this, uh, solving this issue. Okay. Well, I was thinking that, okay, let's say that there's this guy who's very adept in sorcery and okay. like a loved one of his dies and he brings him back classic liminal or Frankenstein kind of story. Right. So he brings this person back and he finds out that this person is not who died that it's it's something else so he goes into town 
and like shows this thing off and says how he brought back his lost loved one. And if Ooh. anyone wanted to talk to him about bringing back a loved one, Ugh. that they, they needed to come talk to him and he could do this. So Ooh. he goes back to his little Frankenstein castle or whatever. And uh, he waits and people start showing up and he starts selecting people based on their tie to the person he wants to bring back. So he's actually bringing back, he's selecting aspects like, ah. Ooh, like we have, you know, I had passion about the person I brought back, but this person feels this way and maybe it'll bring something else. And so well, he's I like, curious I don't even know that he studying. would know that. I don't know that he would know that. No, maybe he he's would just experimenting. It, he's experimenting. Yeah. yeah. So he basically, one creator, in a sense, brings back several different uh, liminals. Mm. And where do you go with that? So you have like a group of three or four, which could be your players, right. are tied to this one guy. Yeah. And and I don't know, you could do you could do anything with it. I mean, yeah, so. that's a that's actually a pretty dang good idea. That's that's I mean, think about how creepy that would be in the real world if oh, yeah. Dr. Frankenstein did that. Like well, I well, succeeded people, now. I will you could I will charge you to do the same thing for your exactly. loved one. Exactly. And oh, like think about gross. people that go to like palm readers and stuff in our world. Right. If someone could bring back someone that you cared about, right. would you consider it? I mean, would right. you go see this person? Maybe, maybe at night when no one else sees you, you know, going out of your house, you creep right. over there and talk to this guy and see what your options are. But you know, you just talking about that and me thinking about the kind of people who would be in that line waiting for this service brought this to my mind. And it's the first time it's coming to my mind. And I'm just like, Ooh, weird. What about the guy who says, I want Rover back. Oh, like, puppy. Like an, like an, <laughs> oh, you an know, animal, liminal? Yeah, because if it's possible to do it with a human, why not have it possible to do I with think an that would be up to the dark mother. And that's if that true. serves her purposes or not. <laughs> the dark mother and the dark... Well, I was going to say the B word there, but we'll, we'll leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the dark dog mother oh mm. man <laughs> i mean if if there are not frankenstein's animals uh in this book i'm gonna be disappointed at this franken weenie franken weenie <laughs> <laughs> so yeah talk about cool and you know the breath the breath aspects there they might be able to just sort of do that you know create these little familiar creatures from dead creatures you know dadgummit when i first read about liminals in the core book i thought <laughs> eh, like that seems all right but dang if you guys haven't freaking changed my mind <laughs> uh, so, you know that's what it, there's awesomeness to be found in any idea and that is the that is the glory of exalted to keep to keep finding the awesome in every aspect of this world that they've created right right it's not just like yeah some people they bend elements and uh, yeah some people they have super strength or whatever it's like making each one of them turning it all the way to 11 and making it super awesome well honestly i mean i would have to uh, i'd have to agree with charles if 
if we didn't have a podcast where I had to like actually think about this kind of stuff, um, I probably would never give them a second thought. But if you say we're going to talk about liminals and I'm like, okay, what can we do to push liminals to 11? What can we do to make them sound cool? And then you just, you just get in a quiet place and like take in all the information and like, what can we do to ramp this up? And like ideas just start popping in your head and you're like, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? I'll tell you, if we didn't have this podcast, I wouldn't have spent 400 freaking dollars on the (laughs) dragon blooded campaign. That's for sure. That is for sure. Well, Hey, how about to, you know, just kind of reinforce what you said. You know, the fact that we, we sit around and try to dial this up to 11 and think of cool things. Why don't we issue another challenge? This week. Ooh, it's been a while. A challenge. It's been a while since we've had a challenge. And now just it's been a while. Just, been a while. Um, <laughs> so so let's let's roll back the the years here or the months or the weeks or whatever. And think back to our previous challenges. Now we our first challenge was to make our own spells. And right. we didn't have good any times. It was good. It was good. We didn't have any audience involvement with us when we did that. Right. Uh, we asked for it, but nobody wanted to get on that train just yet. Well, my mom couldn't think of a, a spell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And then, oh, then we, the next one that we did was a martial art. We we tried to create our own martial art styles, and we and we did got a little ha- bit of participation. We with did. That one. Luis, uh, he sent one in. I know that uh, Sanaithal Luis on <laughs> Deep Wild. He was he was coming up with one. He had he had mostly created it, but never got it into its full final form. But now that more people have started listening to the show and whatnot, we've got we've got more people out there. I wonder if we can get some people really involved in this. Okay. Yeah, so we got guys turning in sca- uh, uh, character seeds and oh, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah, we've yeah. got Gosh, all kinds yeah, of participation. Listener participation. And I think that's amazing. I want us to keep going with that. So I think this would be a a great time to introduce a new challenge. And here is the challenge for this week. Okay. Create one really awesome liminal charm. Done. I just created it. (laughs) (laughs) Challenge accepted. Blow our minds with this. Now we're going to each create one. Want you guys out there to create one. Uh, if you feel like you've got any bit of creativity in, in you, uh, even if you don't feel like you have any creativity in you, go to a graveyard where there is someone who you know to be creative. <laughs> Cut their okay, brain out right. of their head. <laughs> I don't know if you can swap the brain in a liminal, Corey. I don't know. It doesn't say you can't. I think that might kill you instantly. Ah, uh, well, you know. Let, that's, the one por- that's the one go part you have to protect. Yeah. Well, it, it just says they can't be destroyed. So you I've got, I've got a question. I've got okay. a question in regards to the challenge. Do we okay. need to limit it to like uh, a certain essence level or is it just like literally any charm? Yeah, literally literally any charm. You can make okay. an essence five, essence one, whatever. I tend to like the essence ones because that's what you're going to play with most of all. You know, when oh, you start yeah. A character with. I want it right out of the gate. Yeah. So anyway, so create you. small. Yeah, no, that's true. But create a, create a charm this week for Liminal. You can use the core book antagonist chapter. It has a few examples in there of some offensive, some defensive, some social, some whatever. Create something really cool. And, I mean, you've heard us come up with a couple of ideas already, like my uh, Koosh Ball Death Blossom, uh, you know, Mega Fist 
thing. That's not what I'm going to suggest. You know the last Starfighter I saw it was on sale digitally on Voodoo and I Ooh. almost bought it. Dude, the last Starfighter is so good. It is. I just I'm scared so that if I watch it now it won't really hold up and it'll yeah. ruin the memory. I'm sure it won't. I, but I still, when you said Death Blossom, I was like, oh, oh. You know, some people think back to their childhood to like the thing that scared them most, and it's like Jaws or it's what, you know, Jurassic Park. No, whatever. it was the scary pizza face alien <laughs> in The Last Starfighter. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, it yeah, scared me so Although bad. Although when you said it, I first thought of Pizza the Hut from Spaceball. Yeah, I thought of Pizza <laughs> the Hut. <laughs> no, it's when like the alien yeah, throws no. the sheet off. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And do you remember what he called it? So it was like a fetch if in Changeling terms or whatever right it was like it was there to replace him yeah it wasn't yeah but what about the other thing that came to hunt his fetch right he called it a zandazan or something like that oh yeah but there's How do this you remember that because dude, it is it is imprinted on my brain <laughs> when there's there's a moment in there where somebody's like installing an aerial antenna on a trailer and he turns and he's like smelling and he's like, what is it? He goes, smells like a zzzz. And he just kind of trails off like oh, that. Yeah. That scares the crap out of me to this day. Like if, <laughs> if I'm like, if I'm walking through the house in the dark and you just stop all of a sudden, you're like, what's that smell? It smells like a zzzz. <laughs> I just got creep myself out. I remember I was watching, I know we're off topic and you'll probably cut all this, but I was watching it with my cousin, Steven. Uh -huh. And I was probably like six. I, mean, I was really young. Right. And I was spending the night with him. And we had stayed up super late to watch The Last Starfighter. And when it got to that scene, I, I don't think it made me cry. But it was, I definitely like outwardly was frightened. Right. Yeah, so like a good cousin, he rewound it and made me watch it like <laughs> 10 more times. <laughs> I've never seen this movie. Oh my oh, man. gosh! What? It's so good. You have not seen the last Starfighter. That's like Charles not seeing Avatar and Korra. Oh okay, my you know what? <laughs> I don't have cable. All right, I want to get it. I'll probably end up getting it for Christmas. Oh, Christmas! That's far too late. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> that about wraps up our discussion of cable. The and last, the last Starfighter. Starfighter. <laughs> Avatar and Korra and liminals so let me let me just once again put this out there remember the challenge for this week design a liminal charm send it to us at the deliberative podcast at gmail.com if you want to send a written form of that charm we will read what you've written or if you want to read it for us and record yourself reading it and send that in we will play your beautiful voices on the podcast and so, we will read all of the ones sent to us. Yes, we will. So please send us a lot so that we don't have one to more talk about anything add, else next week. <laughs> if you are not the type of person that can like figure out moat cost and durations and stuff like that, just give a, a, a description. What yeah. you think would look cool as a charm. And hey, maybe we'll uh, stat it out for you. Right. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. That'd sure. be fun. Sure. So yeah, don't 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 even worry about all the ridiculous mechanics. Just just get your ideas in, and we'll we'll definitely talk about that. <sighs> and uh, so great. All right. So Charles, I believe you have the character seed of the week, do you not? Uh, I do, Corey. 
Thank you for prompting me for that. Um, <laughs> so the character seed of the week is the Glorious Revolutionary. And I have to say that this is a character that ties back to another character seed I came up with. Ooh. That was the Outcast General, which was the dragon blood who had a childhood friend who exalted and lost everything in disgrace and made it his life's goal to hunt down that solar and kill him. This mm. is that solar. Totally forgettable. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> All right, and here's the concept. You grew up believing the Immaculate Philosophy and were even slated to join their ranks. But something kept bothering you. Some of the teachings seemed almost contradictory. But that couldn't be. The church wouldn't lie to all of creation, surely. And then something clicked. You found a dusty book filled with radical thoughts. Stories and legends which painted the anathema in a sympathetic light. You asked questions of someone you trusted, seeking the truth. They betrayed you. You were sentenced to be executed for heresy. They gave you one last chance to repent, but you stood by your convictions. And in the flames which were to take your life, the warm rays of the unconquered sun shone upon you. You survived your death sentence, but now the wild hunt is hot on your heels, and you are still searching for the truth. Mm. I dig it. Yes, I so, definitely remember this from your other one. Yeah, so like like I said, this um this is uh it can be played with the outcast general. They uh complement each other. Um, but I think it's cool enough to stand on its own, but I kind of wanted to throw another character that tied back into one of our other characters, Yeah, which I just think that's kind of neat. Yeah. Building out the, uh, the, the TDCU. Just don't, just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Of course it's a good idea, Corey. You did the exact same thing. (laughs) As did you, I believe. Oh, you... Wait, do you guys hear that? The, where is where is that phone? <laughs> now, that? I definitely... I, I'm sorry. I have to say, I definitely went online and <laughs> clicked to have our private line be unlisted. I don't know how this is happening, but I'm well, very just irritated. Find the phone I'm and sorry. <laughs> I, I scrolled it on the bathroom Here it is. Wall. Here it is. I found uh, it. I found it. He- hello? Hello? Hi, who is this? <laughs> what? <laughs> who is this? Uh... uh Oh, hey, this is this is Michael, um, friend of Jim's. Oh, Michael. Hey. All right. Hey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, it's good to talk to you, man. Yeah. So oh, gee, it's great to be on the show. For those for those of you who don't know, Michael, who might sound a lot like Neil to your ears if you've heard <laughs> Neil. One might shape. say he sounds exactly like <laughs> Neil. Ooh. To the uh, point of confusion, to actually. To the point of confusion. But, but yes, Michael is actually going to be joining us for Wild Shape Episode 2. So we are very excited about that. But Michael, while we got you on the show, everybody out there in the deliberative land wants to know if you could be any exalt type, which would you choose? Well... As a new player to the game who doesn't know a huge amount about the game, I would be a Dawncast Solar. Absolutely. I mean, it is... It Catering to Corey, classic move. <laughs> it, it represents everything I love about a hero. 
in, yes. in, in, in any other like you know it, be it be it uh you know martial arts or a superhero or whatever it's just it's awesome yes this guy gets it this guy gets it. <laughs> <laughs> i All actually right. play a doncast solar as well yeah i know and you you almost couldn't tell uh but anyway <laughs> i just kid i kid i kid well awesome michael well, well hey tell us a little bit just just give the folks out there we don't want to you know we don't want to get too crazy but give them just a little hint of maybe the character you've got in mind for our episode two game oh okay um a little hint let's see samurai is oh. is a good is a good <laughs> analogy for it in terms of our universe that we live in yeah um and he is going to be 100 percent like a super serious dude he's he's gonna be you know he's he's pretty bad hmm that sounds good man yeah samurai actually sounds good so i guess you have a you've got a sword in mind two swords Whoa! Okay, yeah, the, the katana and the wakazashi is kind of what I'm basing my character. Ah, uh-huh. okay, nice. very cool, very cool. So, are you going straight melee, or are you going with a martial arts style on this? Be careful, because right. there's there's a right and a wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm gonna tentatively say uh, both. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, so close. Thanks for joining, Michael. Oh, well, that's awesome, man. So that sounds really good. I can't wait to hear more of his story. And just so you guys all know out there, as I, as I said earlier in the show, we are going to be adding these character vignettes to the new Wild Shape podcast feed and so you're not going to get michael's just yet you're not going to get my character's introduction just yet although it's already done and i super dig it but you're not going to get those just yet you're going to get to start with the character introductions for riley Vutes, and jacks from the first episode and then we'll put up episodes one part one and two and then you'll get the new character introductions for michael's character and for my character michael do you already have a name picked out for your character i do um for those of you who who choose you might might be able to look up what it actually means but the character's name is going to be tayo sinchi tayo sinchi okay We'll be we'll be racking our brains over the next couple of weeks to figure out how to make fun of that name. So <laughs> now, now that I've said it aloud, it might be easier. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, man. Thanks for calling in. And well, Corey, for... I have an important question. Oh, okay. After I kill your character. <laughs> will will we continue get to be friends? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> I, I feel like Olaf. Oh, you hesitated, but seriously, after I kill it, you know, I still need to borrow your uh, your well, chop you know, saw. I'll just take it as an opportunity to learn more about this fantastic game. There you awesome. go. Awesome. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Maybe I won't kill you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks nice for calling in. Though. It's uh, It's been good to talk to you. Great to hear a little bit about what's getting ready to come up with episode two. And look forward to that coming here pretty soon. We're all very excited. I hope you guys are excited, too. Well, I thanks am, again, Michael. 
Yep. It's great, uh, great being on the show, and I am super stoked to uh, be a part of y'all's game. Awesome. Well, All right, man, well, we'll catch your, up with you It's later. your game now, too. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll catch up with you later, okay? Yep, it's been awesome talking to you guys. All right, man, see you. All right, we'll see you. Bye. See you. Okay. Well, that was awesome for Michael to join us there. and Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Charles, make sure you get that that phone line cut off during recording, okay? Uh, I'm just going to remove. I'm removing the SIM card now. We'll go completely to uh, ghost phones. No, wait, wait, wait. Is there actually do do old like rotary phones have SIM cards? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hey, makes sense to me. Moving on. We have, speaking of old tech, we have got the message machine with a light blinking on it. And this light has been blinking for about nine days now. So I want to go ahead and push this button and see who's been waiting to get their message in for this long. Let's, let's push that button there. Hey guys, it's Adam here, AKA Enker, long time listener. I'm the one that always uh, freaks out and gets really hyped to play Exalted whenever I listen to any episode question for you guys i'm running a game and i have the unfortunate terrible luck where my games tend to fizzle out and sputter out sometimes due to me sometimes due to external forces but what have you so after listening to your awesome podcast i've decided to try again my fires of creation have been rekindled and i'm ready to go for it so i'm running a solars game i need tips to build good towns i don't want a town to be bland i want it to be cool i want my players to enjoy going there how do i as a storyteller build good awesome towns thank you i look forward to your answer all right so there you go thanks for the question adam this is a very very interesting thought-provoking question and i don't have a dang clue how do you guys build uh, epic cities and towns <laughs> <laughs> well so i don't know how to build epic ones couple key places a couple key people and at least one source of conflict preferably with more than two sides to it right now i while that is a, that's the way to build a lot of towns and i think that in you know, if you're looking at like Pathfinder, uh, Rise of the Rune Lords, you know, you have a town like Sandpoint that is very much in that vein, right? I mean, you've they, they build in a little bit of conflict between some people. They've built out some locations for you. But Sandpoint is not what I would call an epic town. And, and just like you said, you know, you, you didn't know if it was exactly epic. But I was just thinking, what would be epic? Like, when I think about role-playing games, what is epic? And, and you know, going back to the Pathfinder Rise of the Rune Lords, that second town that you go to, Magnamar or whatever, has this, like, giant bridge that is growing out of the town that, like, then just kind of ends abruptly as it heads out towards the water. And, no, you know, it's like, what was this for, you know, in the ages you know way back or whatever and there's like a whole city that has grown up underneath this like in the shadow of the giant bridge and so like some of those things you know putting in this like weird the 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 element of the strange 
can help bring it a little more toward epic. I wouldn't exactly call yeah. Magnamar epic, but it is definitely more epic than Sandpoint. And as you go through that Rise of the Rune Lords campaign, there are more and more epic things. But then I was thinking like video games too, right? And of course, our favorite uh, role-playing game that you play most, you know, for most of our lives, we've been playing the Elder Scrolls games. And you think back to some of the towns that could legitimately be called epic in those games. I remember back in Morrowind, you had the one town that was like made completely out of the carapaces of like giant beetles or crabs yeah, or something. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that was insane, right? And, it, and you're just like, what is this? You know, the first time you get there. And then there's the town that's made all out of like mushrooms. And since everybody can levitate, there are like no stairs or anything. You're just supposed to like levitate up the stalks of these like giant mushroom buildings or something. That's pretty stinking epic. So that's kind of what I'm doing with this second town that my players have gone to. You know, they had to abandon Solstice. Uh, right. <laughs> rest in peace. And <laughs> so we kind of designed together this new town that was basically uh, a giant hole has been blown in the middle of a mountain to create kind right. of two mountains. And then there's this giant crater right in between. Yeah. And... Thousands of years ago, there was this bustling metropolis built completely in the steps of this crater. Th right. That's all gone to ruin now. So when they show up, they're like, oh man, we, we can rebuild this. And then since I wanted that to also be their domain, we said that there were these protruding veins of orichalcum. Um, that they're going to kind of repower the domain and bring back some of that glory. So. Right. It just kind of depends. If you want to make a city epic, then you got to make it weird. If you want yeah. to make just a uh, a realistic city, then I'd say go with what I said before. Right. It, uh, it just depends on what you're what really you looking for. Yeah. Right. I remember back in the D&D uh, &D 3rd Edition uh, 3.5 or whatever, they had the Eberron campaign. And there was some amazingly epic locations in that particular campaign setting the um sharn city of towers do you remember that you guys remember that with i the... never played eberron oh what a, what a tragedy man it was so <laughs> good it was actually it had a very exalted feel and, and i've often wondered over the years if the reason i was so drawn to exalted at the beginning was because i was such a big fan of eberron because it had hmm. that like first age magitech kind of thing going with yeah. it and the City of Towers was very similar to Chiroscuro. I mean, I don't know which one was actually written first, but they are enormously similar. Uh, except in Sharn, the glass towers, some of them are actually floating. Like the lower floors have been destroyed, but the upper floors were still floating just right where they were, right? So, uh, but yeah, made out of this like super strong glass, except in Chiroscuro, it's mostly red, I think, but in Sharn, it was like all different colors and whatnot. But yeah, you had like mile tall buildings that were like floating in the air that were just like, ah, oh, it was so awesome. And trains that ran on like, you know, magnetic uh, or like elect like electro magic tracks and stuff. I mean, just, just super cool. And uh, I remember creating some neat locations in that city for a campaign that we did. And, uh, but yeah, so having, having some of those, those wild cities, I would say in exalted, what I tend to do is because there are so many epic locations already built, you know, I mean, you think about some of the locations, like, so what I tend to do, because exalted already has all of these amazing locations already built is i tend to 
uh, set my, you know, the starts of my games either like near one of those amazing locations in a kind of normal city like Charles described, you know, and then move to the more epic locations that are already designed because the work's been done, you know, and and it's, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel to come up with like new, amazing epic things and it and it and then it, i think if you do it too much creation kind of feels like this mixed bag of weird cities you know so i that so in exalted when i play exalted i tend to let the designers design the really wild epic cities and and we'll take a visit there we might even start a game there but i i like to have the players that move off to a little bit more normal city for most of the action but that's just me i mean everybody's got their own kind of <laughs> ways of feeling what about you jim how you answer well, Adam's I think if question. you want to make an epic city, it needs to have something that stands out and sets it apart. I mean, it that's epic. So um, I picture like imagine that the entire Earth is abandoned and then aliens come down to the Earth and they see the town of St. Louis and they see the St. Louis Arch. I mean... What right. are they going to think? What what was that there for? What was what was the mean? I mean, really, it's just a monument. But who knows what it would be for? So, I'm a little, um, like when you when you take cities like the lap. What is the lap? The lap is this big giant statue that no one really knows why it was there. Right. But there's a city built in the lap of this statue. And right. it's called the lap. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you can come up with something that that would identify that city and cement it into the character's head. Like, um, you know, I mean, we do this with people. Like, hey, was that that guy with like the really long beard? Like, it's the really long beard is what you remember. There's something about that person. Right. So when you're doing your NPCs, and I know you do this at the table a lot, Corey, when we're playing in person, it's like you make these like crazy gestures or whatever. And we remember that NPC based on like right. the craziness that you brought out. Yeah. Well, the town needs its identifying mark. I mean, right. every town's going to have a weapon shop and a tavern and, a, you know, everything right. that every typical town has. Right. But what about that town that we had to walk to the base of a tree and wait for an elevator to come down and pick us up and take us up to where the town is? Yeah. 300 feet when into the that? air. I'm just making that up on the fly, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, when did we play in a game like that? That's so uh, awesome. You, I'm uh, remembering it even though it doesn't exist. <laughs> but what I'm saying, I'm just using that as an example. Um, something that will cause the characters to remember the place, and it sets it apart, and it just makes it feel really cool. And it doesn't yeah. take much. Um, just one little identifying mark uh, that will... Make the town feel really cool. Um, let's say that you walk up to a village and this village is named, I don't know, whatever. And the actual village is in the carcass of a dead hulking beast that just has Ooh. not rotted away over time. Like nowhere in Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like the in the head of a celestial being. Right. Um, yeah. That is a epic place. But yeah, you good. could come up with anything that just makes it really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really um, good point. So, yeah, give it some kind of a identifying feature that allows the character to... Re- they may not remember it by name. But they will remember that cool place that had X. Right. And that's what you want to tie the story to is that one cool identifying feature. And it'll it'll cause them to remember the town. Yeah. Good point. Well, awesome. Well, I hope, Adam, that that helps a little bit. So go out and make yourself some epic <laughs> Make yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week. I do want to say right here at the close of the show that next week we hope to have a special guest in the studio with us. We hope to have Miss Dixie Cyanide. I am very much looking forward to that. And I know all of us here are. And we want to just bombard her with very difficult exalted questions <laughs> uh, and just oh hey I just got an email it said she can't make it <laughs> no 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 we want to talk to her about her passion for making games and all that other kind of stuff and I look forward to being able to talk with her and so be, be sure to tune in tell your friends to tune in to next week's show but before we go today, guys, let us know where folks can find more of your stuff. Well, Corey, you can find me on the official Onyx Path forums as Lucky Chucky and the same username on our Deep Wilds forum. I also run our Facebook page, The Deliberative Podcast, as well as our Twitter account, at Deliberative Pod. You can always find me at our website at fivepoles.com or reach me directly at my email, james.fivepoles at gmail.com. I go by the username Reform Ninja on the forums. And for all game-related things, including the official Onyx Path forums and the DeepWild.com forums, I am Numapilot. And since I haven't said it in a while, guys, if you want to get in on DeepWild.com, we've had a lot of new members join here recently, a lot of them very excited to start new games and whatnot on the forums. If you want to get in on that, I know there's at least one game getting spooled up right now. Uh, Come on, join in. You have to click the register button on there and it's going to ask you a question, something like, why do you want to register here? Something like that. The correct answer, since I I end up having to email this to so many people, let me just say it. Maybe the bots won't hear me say it, but uh, if you want to register, the correct answer is there is no right answer for this period. Put an actual period at the end. And it's a capital T at the beginning. There is no right answer for this. That is the answer. And you will be able to get in. I'll have to then approve you, but then you're in. So if you want to join deepwild.com, do that. And if you have a question or an issue that you'd like for us to discuss on the deliberative, or if you want to turn in your challenge for next week about creating the charm for the liminal, send it to the deliberative podcast at gmail.com that's all one big word the deliberative podcast at gmail.com and if at all possible guys we do love to hear your voice and so send us a recording (laughs) you heard how awesome it was to hear adam on there you can be as awesome as adam next week and the weeks beyond just record yourself send it to us we love those i want to thank right by the moon 
for leaving us a review on iTunes. And don't forget to leave us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Help get our podcast noticed by everyone else out there looking for exalted podcasts. It Thank you very much. Wasn't there a new wasn't there a new review on Stitcher this week? Yeah, but I'm <laughs> I'm I'm waiting on you the thank? challenge to be hit. Yeah, but I, I mean, don't you have to thank all of our reviewers, though? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim. What was the name of the person who left a review on Stitcher? I want to thank Corey for leaving a Stitcher review. <laughs> <laughs> well, now wait a minute. I I don't think I, I didn't. I don't know if I wrote a review on Stitcher, but I did see that we had a new one on there. <laughs> I'm not saying it because they didn't meet the twenty. Oh. <laughs> Well, come on. All right, fine. Codsack <laughs> McGee. What was his name? Crotchnecks McGee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, okay, well, thanks for listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know best. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See ya. Good night, Crotch Snacks. <laughs>